G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation Podcast, the show where we help you start and grow your very own digital agency. Look, I've been getting a lot of questions recently about good old-fashioned content marketing. It's a topic that we are going deep here uh, again uh, internally and revitalizing our content and completely revisiting our content strategy and using content more and more to attract our audience, frankly, because if you don't have great content, everything else in the business gets harder. Even if you are running paid traffic campaigns, good content helps the performance of your paid traffic campaigns. We talked a lot about that with Kim Barrett from Your Social Voice over the last uh, week or so as we were in the studio creating our brand new Facebook ads course, which will be released in early December. And we've talked a lot about content strategy here as we were making the content strategy blueprint course with Dana Moldstaff. But what I thought I'd do is dive back into the vault and have a look through our podcast. And I found this fantastic episode where I interviewed my friend Jeff Bullis from Sydney, who was one of the early adopters of blogging and has built an incredible business, purely from content marketing. So this is a republish of an episode from September 2017, and it is still highly, highly relevant. So please enjoy this republish of my episode with Jeff Bullis. The great quote by Stephen King says, if you want to write a lot, you need to read a lot. There is no other way. So the reality is that creativity and inspiration doesn't come from a vacuum. It doesn't come from sitting on top of a mountain, you know, starting to sing Kumbaya. It, it, it comes from actually reading books that are going to inspire you. G'day, folks. Welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My name is Troy Dean. I'm the co-founder here at WP Elevation based in Melbourne, Australia. And our feature guest this week is Jeff Bullis who is based in Sydney, Australia, and is one of the early adopters of blogging and social media. You can visit his website at jeffbullis.com slash bio and have a look at his bragging rights. He's been named as a top 20 or a number one social media marketing influencer by just about everyone on the planet. And we talk to him about creating and marketing content on a consistent basis. He has got some great insights. He's built an enormous audience. Uh, he is now an influencer who is in demand by large brands. Uh, he's got a great business model that serves his lifestyle, and it was an absolute pleasure chatting with Jeff and unpacking his brain. I hope you get as much out of this episode as I did. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping digital creatives and agencies elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by our good friend Kim Barrett at Your Social Voice, a social media marketing agency based in Western Australia who have partnered with us to produce an epic blog post to teach you how to get more leads and clients for your consulting services using Facebook ads. So if you've ever wanted to use Facebook ads to get more leads and clients for your consulting business, check out wpelevation.com slash fbads. That's F-B-A-D-S. WPElevation.com slash FBads to learn how to get more leads and clients for your consulting business using Facebook ads. Thanks to our good friend Kim Barrett at Your Social Voice. Now let's get back to the show. Jeff Bullis, welcome to the WP Elevation podcast. 
Thanks, Troy. It's great to be here. So um, thank you for having me on. And uh, we're just going to make some stories up today and share some stuff, I believe. So uh, that's right. Look, just... looking, looking forward to creative storytelling. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. It's story time with Uncle Jeff. Yeah, that's um, right. For those, I know you're a very busy man. Thank you for giving some of your time here to talk to our audience. For those that have no idea who you are, let's give them a schooling. Who is Jeff Bullis and what's your story? Uh, Jeff Bullis was uh, born at a very early age and, um, <laughs> and uh, when he discovered he was alive, he decided that he wanted to make something of his life and he became a teacher and then fired himself from teaching because uh, he hated it, frankly. Wow. Um, I, I was teaching people that didn't want to learn. They're called teenagers. <laughs> so um, despite the fact I love teenagers, but it's just that I don't like teaching them because they seem to go all strange once they turn 13. Mm. Um, and then they emerge somewhere in their mid-20s and actually become really nice people. Mm. Um, so I have, is, that, is that what happened to Jeff Bullis too? No, I was just nice all the time. You know, right. it's just me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just – I was – I was mummy's boy. I, I just, I really didn't do much wrong until I turned 50 and then they're just <laughs> excellent late bloomer. I thought I was a late bloomer. What yeah. were you teaching? What were you teaching teenagers? Uh, I was teaching them geography. I was at lower school. I was teaching a bit of history. I was teaching a little bit of uh, maths. Um, and then, but I taught senior economics my last year and then decided I'd go and get a real job. Um, and uh, we dived into the technology industry and we really, we left for a little bit of a sea change um, for a few years, but essentially I've been in tech ever since. So five or six years in teaching and then we dived in the middle of the big PC boom revolution and uh, that was pretty exciting times. And then the web revolution and then the social media revolution. So I've, I've been in the middle of many revolutions. I feel a little bit like a Russian really. Um, <laughs> so, so I, yeah, and Yes, social media is what sort of inspired me to start the blog. That's because I just saw this, this incredible intersection of humanity and technology, I suppose, a global consciousness enabled by technology that connects us all. And uh, it amazed me nine years ago and it amazes me today. So mm. that's where I play. I decided to start creating content around that and uh, share it and publish mm. it. So it was, yeah. And you were, and you were uh, an early adopter of blogging and the social media space. Yep. Although you weren't, I mean, you were, what, 2008, 2009? Yeah, 2009, March 2009, oh. I hit the first um, publish button on the blog. Um, and, um, yeah, so I suppose I was an early adopter of the practice of inbound marketing that was inspired by David Newman Scott's book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR. So, yeah. Uh, I, as, as like a person that built businesses up from scratch by cold calling, face-to-face networking um, and using advertising, I like the idea of attracting customers rather than chasing customers. Mm, mm. So the blog was sort of like, I suppose, a, a, a little experiment, a passion project that wanted to see if that worked and um, boy, it worked. Turns um, out it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Do you still think? Do you still think today in two thousand and seventeen? Do you still think there's an opportunity? It's like, you know, I always think of the Beatles, right? Like the Beatles happened at a specific point in time. I don't think we'll ever see anything like the Beatles again. Um, 
you know, will we see anything like Jeff Bullis ever again? What I'm saying is, do you think that in 2017 you can still launch a blog and have the kind of impact and build the kind of audience that you've built? Or do you think it's just so oversaturated now that that, that time has, that ship has sailed? Um, I think it's harder, definitely. I think in business, timing is everything. In fact, I think I saw a TED Talk recently that showed that the top factor for actually business success from startups to, you know, multi hundred million dollar companies is um, timing mm. but I, I don't think it's impossible I think it definitely can be done um, and just like you're doing for example I think you know it's the old saying the riches are in the niches so I think mm. if you are prepared to niche down and really go focused I, I certainly think the opportunities are still there but uh, there's no easy way I, for me I actually for the first four or five years I was up at 4 30 a.m had a day job bootstrapped wrote till 9am and then hustled my content out to the world, just pushed it. So it, it, it requires persistence. It requires, it really needs an engine called passion as well. Mm. Be really passionately interested in what you're doing. If you don't, it's going to be hard to show up every day. So um, I, I certainly think the opportunity is still there, um, but it's got to be, it's got to come from the right place in terms of, um, being something you're passionate about and so it's got to you've got to be it's in your i suppose sweet spot of your passionate purpose in life and i happened to stumble upon that in my early 50s and uh you know i'm a slow learner it took me 50 years to work out what i really wanted to do <laughs> so uh yeah it, it can be done i may be the oldest social media blogger on the planet that mm. actually um does stuff uh, in my space uh, the rest are a little bit younger than me um, and for those and and for those that don't know, I'm just going to point people to your your website and encourage people to go and have a look at jeffbullis.com slash bio and have a look at your bragging rights because, uh, you you know, I'm not going to go through them all now because there's frankly too many to go through, but you have been named as, you know, the a top 20 or the number one influencer by so many different um, uh, assets and platforms. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, so so the, the point is you've got the runs on the board, you've got the results uh, you're, you're, you're a little different to a lot of guests we have on this show because a lot of guests we have on this show are specifically doing client services. But the reason I wanted to unpack your brain was there's, there's two things here. One is a lot of, we've got over 700 members in our program at the moment and a lot of them have never written a blog post. Yep. And so we're constantly educating them about the importance of blogging. I want to unpack two things. First of all, the importance of being consistent. Mm-hmm. And second of all, this is a, a double-edged question. How do you leverage the content that you produce for maximum impact? So how do you do your influencer outreach? How do you get it into the front of your right target audience? And how do you stay motivated when no one's bloody listening and no one's commenting and no one's retweeting and no one's liking you? How do you keep that focus and keep that consistency when it feels like you're yep. screaming into a vortex? Yeah, um, I suppose I built an audience before I actually uh, needed them. I think that's the true essence of blogging. Um, and But then you need to have in place some things to actually build that audience along the way. So you need to build, you know, essentially I'm in the space of being a publisher or a content marketer that actually monetizes uh, the content in a variety of ways. But the reality was that my little passion project, which blew up, became um, I ended up having an audience that then I could actually um, monetize. So it's very different. A lot of people are doing monetization, then build an audience. So mm. I've done the flip of that, flip side of that. Um, to keep motivated, I, I think you, the social, the social web is 
I think, can provide enough motivation by validating your creation. And that's why it's important to share your creation with uh, the planet and push it out into social media because you will get snippets of validation as people will like what you say. Um, and then you've got to leap on what that is and just keep doing more of that. So the social web actually validates us. And I think it's really changing human behaviour. It's also, I think, a big part of where we're moving in humanity's evolution. Um, I know that's a big term, but I, I think that truly we actually are seeing um, the evolution of human consciousness enabled by technology, which is the social web. Where that goes, I don't know. But the, the reality is that the social web validates our creation. Mm. And I think you've got to grab each little bit of validation and just keep writing it and use that as saying, okay, I'm on track. I'm getting a retweet. I'm getting a share. I'm getting a thank you. I'm getting a comment. And, uh, but in the meantime, as you do that, you need to be working on, and content marketing is two words. Content is the first part. Mm. And that's great. But if you just think that, you know, you just create content and the world's going to show up. Well, um, that's going to be really <laughs> difficult because it's like, you know, a tree in a Siberian forest. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't hear it fall, did it actually even fall? Did it exist? Yeah. The reality is that you actually got to build distribution. So content marketing, two words, you've got to create content and then you've got to market it. And that's really, really important. So, and marketing operates on so many levels. So you can build an email list, you can build social distribution, um, you can get other influencers to share it, you can guest post, there's a whole different way. But you've got to go multi-channel and you've really got to just persist. So a big part of what I do is actually not just the content creation or inspiration, ideation, uh, content creation, is, and then hitting publish. The next part of the game is just making sure it's visible. So let's let's talk about that because I think this is where most people it's like it's like when you go to the gym and you don't get instant results so then you don't go back and I think this I see this happening a lot with people who start off with a content strategy or a, they're very motivated to produce content they don't get immediate results and then they 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 stop um and you, you're right, we, we, we've learned this as well. We've got so much content in our business that's not optimised and not marketed and we're working on that. But how do you, you know, I heard someone say you should spend nine hours marketing your content for every hour you produce it. How do you build that process? Is it just a matter of being consistent? You know, I know influencers are completely inundated these days with people doing outreach, trying to get them to reshare articles and reshare content. People start podcasts just to try and interview big names and try and growth hack their audience that way. And I've heard a lot of, big names so that they just won't go on podcasts anymore for that very reason. If I, if I was to approach you and say, Jeff, I'd love you to share this article, what would I have to do to make it a complete no-brainer for you to say, yep, this is, this is worth sharing? Uh, well, the topic has to be good. Um, it, I, I don't have any particular rules on it. I will ignore some people and I'll actually share others. So it, there is no but it has to be good stuff. I get approached by people to share stuff like on, you know, dog breeding or something and going, really? <laughs> um, so it's got to be something that adds value to my audience. So if, it's, it's, if I see it as having enough value that it's worth sharing, then I will do that. Um, it uses up too much of my time and, I, and they don't make it easy, then I'll go, sorry, um, mm. you made it too hard for me. That's interesting. Um, so, yeah, but there's, I think there's a real mindset challenge for most people and that, You've got to play the long game and uh, it's just not a get-rich-quick scheme. 
uh, much as people like to think it is, I'll start a mm. blog and I'll be, you know, retire in two years or one year or six months. Yeah. Um, and it's got to be built on the right foundation, which I mentioned in the beginning, which is actually it's got to be something that you're passionate about, um, that, you know, something you'd, you know, like if you love a certain type of musician, you'll drive 200 miles to go and see them. Yeah. Um, you'll attend a conference and, and you'll pay for it. So it's got to be an, uh, driven from that true passionate purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and so... And I suppose I'm a wired from a point that I suffered from asthma early on and I had to start exercising just to actually maybe survive and breathe. Wow. And so I realised that the game of exercise, um, well, exercise was important for me to survive. So maybe I'm driven by a, um, some physical pain that actually made me realise the importance of persistence in playing the long game. Mm. But the mindset has to be very much one of a long game in that, uh, and that for some people is hard because everyone's got different levels of patience mm. and they've got different uh, degrees of persistence. And, uh, but it's absolutely vital if you actually want to make a success of this. So uh, that's, that's how I see it and that's how I play it. Uh, we spoke a little bit before uh, we started the interview about your day. <clears throat> you get up pretty early and what's the first thing you do when you rise? Um, I put my feet on the floor and say, <laughs> yay, I'm alive. Um, um, I'm breathing, check my pulse, no, we're good. Um, no, we, uh, we make a cup of tea, we make a cup of coffee. I actually meditate for 15 minutes and then I will uh, start writing. So, and I time block two hours a day. There's a great book by um, a writer called uh, Cal Newport. It's called Deep Work. Mm. Um, a brilliant book I'd recommend to anyone. But I read it on a plane coming back from a mastermind event in Phoenix last year. And when I read it, it said, wow, he's actually just given a name to something I've been doing for the last four or five years, which was sitting down every day. And for, for four years, I actually got up at 4.30 a.m. and created and wrote and hit the publish button and actually marketed the content onto all the different social channels and email that I had. And then I went to work. So I bootstrapped, um, (coughs) excuse me. So, and then I got so distracted and started to speak in different places around the world and actually got paid for it, which surprised me. And, um, I got so distracted that they actually slowly fired me from my day job. So I had no choice but to go full time. So the passion project escaped the lab and I ended up doing this full time. But um, Fantastic. Yeah. So, so, so the consistency of getting, of getting up every day at whatever time you get up yep. and having that morning routine, make a hot beverage, meditate, do whatever you need to do, exercise, whatever it is for, for people listening, and then write block time for two hours. Do you know what you're going to write when you wake up? Do you have like a list of headlines in Evernote? How do you get your inspiration? If you sit down and you're looking at a blank page, what, what, do, you, what do you know you're going to write about? There's a great quote by Stephen King. He says, if you want to write a lot, you need to read a lot. There is no other way. So the reality is that creativity and inspiration doesn't come from a vacuum. It doesn't come from sitting on top of a mountain, you know, starting to sing Kumbaya. <laughs> it, it, it comes from actually reading books that are going to inspire you. Mm-hmm. And I typically, I, I don't overcomplicate it. I'll, um, I've got a phone with my note app on it, my mm-hmm. Apple iPhone 7 Plus, and I just, that's not an ad, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, Think different. Yes, right. So um, 
I will just grab my note app and I'll write in a headline. So if I'm looking for ideas or inspiration, sometimes I'm in front of the computer, get an idea. I actually open up my WordPress and just create a draft headline and maybe a couple of notes. Um, and I typically will, I now have a whole um, tribe of guest writers who write for, for me four days a week. Um, and generally I put out one blog post a week, which be something that I'm inspired by that I need to share and that typically comes out on a Monday morning. Uh, in the meantime, I might be working on pillar content for the blog um, or a chapter of an ebook or a book. So um, I've got plenty of ideas to write about, and uh, sometimes I've got too many because um, that's the problem with ideas. Mm. The actual the challenge in making any business success work is not the ideas; it's actually the execution. The execution, absolutely. Yep. Um, so, so. Let, let me just walk through this a minute. Um, I've been really inconsistent with my writing and my publishing. So we have we publish an episode of the podcast every week. We publish a blog post every week. We have some other writers that that write uh, for us as well. I'm personally, I would like to write more. I think one of the reasons I've been very inconsistent is because I tend to write something. I get very excited. I hit the publish button, and then I do nothing. And I know that I would be doing myself a massive service if I actually had more of a marketing strategy behind that because the more feedback I get, the more I want to write. That's right. That's so the validation part. Correct. And I live, on, I live for validation. That's why I'm in the business most, that I'm in. Most, most humans live for validation. Of course we do. We're a tribal creature. You know, we're That's why packing. we say thank you. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. And a great, great, great meal. Thanks for cooking that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just validation is – it doesn't mean you sh- you know – External validation can become a sickness, so that becomes mm-hmm. an art system, right? But mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think, I suppose the real truth sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, so, so I've, I've written my post. I hit publish. What's If I'm short on time and I'm short on resources and I'm running a client services business and I'm pedaling pretty fast to keep up with all the moving bits of my business, what's the minimum viable marketing strategy you reckon I need to make sure that post actually gets some traction and moves some needle for my business rather than just sitting there and collecting digital dust on the interwebs? Okay. I just did two things. Number one, um, I built a tribe on Twitter. Then I actually discovered tools that allowed me to automate the sharing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I create content that's evergreen content. So I can continue to share that content because it doesn't date easily. Mm. Um, so I actually post on Twitter every 15 minutes um, and that actually doubles engagement and it's done by a machine. Wow. So um, once I've loaded it, once I've got my content there, my machine's running. Wow. Number two, I then, um, because I'm building, continuing to build the email list and you've got to continue to do that because as we know, uh, engagement on any platform um, decreases over time. Mm-hmm. So you've got to keep growing just to stand still. Because marketers ruin everything, right? <laughs> That's right. All those spammy, scammy guys, right? Um, and uh, do that, right? So yeah. I, and, and then send it out to your email list. So there's just two things you need to do. Okay, so, so uh, you, know, you, know, you know the next question. What tool do you use to automate Twitter and what tool do you use to automate your email? Okay, the tool I'm using is a tool called Agora Pulse, uh-huh. uh, which was... Um, been a labour of love for a, a lovely French guy from Paris called Emric Ermolt. Uh-huh. Um, and um, Emric sponsors the post, um, the blog, and uh, we use his tool, which is to launch a new version of, which is fabulous. I can 
uh, we can run campaigns for clients. We can, as an influencer, we can uh, we keep our content going at every 15 minutes, driven by this ongoing recurring schedule of tweets. And uh, yeah, so that's my main core automation from that. On the email side, we use Infusionsoft, which I have a love hate relationship yes, with. Yes, so do I. Yeah. Um, but it's got all the plugins and add-ons that are used by most of the top bloggers on the planet. Yeah. Um, if I can discover something that allows me to move away from, which I sort of have thinking about, I will because yeah. um, it's ugly. It's, it's yeah. being built for animals, not for humans. Yeah, I agree. i got a love-hate relationship with yeah. it too, but we're yeah. so far in bed with it now. It's yep. like, you know, getting divorced and having to move in with the mother-in-law, which is nobody and wins. That, nobody that, wins there that, at all. And that would maybe be easier. So, Not um, there's anything wrong with my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law no. to bits, and if she's ever listening to this, then <laughs> that, that wasn't a you know yeah. a, a job at you. But um, Infusionsoft have us by the short and curlies. Um, what would you move to if you were starting from scratch today? What would you use if you weren't using Infusionsoft? Um, well, we're looking at a couple of things. I think uh, if you're at the enterprise end of town, you'd be doing something like Marketo. But I yeah. think at the um, small to medium business, it's going to be something along the lines of. Uh, uh, Russell Brunson's doing a pretty good job with click funnels because uh-huh. uh, you can build uh, landing pages, lead magnets and funnels very quickly on that. Um, yeah. And it's designed recently because the problem with Infusionsoft is it's, mm. I think, a little bit of a, a legacy system that yeah. really they haven't invested enough in to actually make it really sing and dance and be easy to use. So I agree. Yeah. But that's there. there's a couple of ideas. I'm not sure yet. Um, yeah. Some people starting out don't overcomplicate it. Just use something like MailChimp. Yeah. Um, yep. So um, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, influencer outreach because uh, this is one of those things I know that can um, – and the way I did it, in the interest of complete transparency, my mentor Ed Dale said to me, if you want to succeed in business, you've got to become a top 20 – you've got to be seen as a top 20 influencer. And I said, well, how do you know when you're a top 20 influencer? And he said, well, you make a list of the top 20 influencers in your market and if they're not sharing your content, then you're not a top 20 influencer. So I cheated and I started a podcast and I interviewed the top 50 influencers in the WordPress consulting space and I published those episodes and therefore they all shared those episodes with their audience and I by default became an influencer. So that was my quick hack to do that. Um, Actually took, you know, a couple of years and hours (laughs) of producing a podcast. But anyway, um, if you were, you know, if I am publishing awesome blog posts on, and this is a real life uh, example, on how accountants can attract better staff because one of the biggest problems that accountants have is staff turnover who should i be trying to how do i try and get that in front of as many accountants as possible rather than just going and knocking on one door at a time um well you might uh, talk to those who provide software for the accountants and do, and do a deal with them who's mm-hmm. talking to your audience i think that's the question you've got to ask who's talking to your audience yep and how can and how can you collaborate and win together? So that's that's the question you've got to ask. It's, you've got to ask better questions. Yeah, mm, I like it. And do you have do you manage uh, relationships with influencers? Like, do you treat it like an old school kind of CRM thing? Or no, I'm I'm quite random, really. I just show up, <laughs> I just show up at conferences and have a couple of glasses of wine. <laughs> I've seen uh, that. I've seen you in action actually at Content yeah. Marketing World in Sydney. It's, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, so um, don't forget to have fun along the way, seriously. Life's too short. So, um, yes, I've, I've actually started a little bit more organised and started list- listing the network of people I know um, globally, locally, and um, I'm going to be I'm becoming a lot more organised in how I work with that. But 
it also comes down to your business model. Are you working at the big end of town? Are mm. you working at the small end? Um, at the big end of town, it's got very much about relationships. At the smaller end of town, it's about how you can scale the relationships through automation um, and identify them. So it depends on your business model, and that's the mm. challenge too, is that as I'm quite global, um, the reality is that I really have to use the social web very much to connect but we're yeah. doing a lot more local work as well so and working with bigger brands on sponsorship and uh, influencer marketing projects um, together, which has been quite, been quite fun. But we're a hybrid publishing education model, yep. which is, um, which is you, a, it's a different model. You know, the whole business models are just evolving so quickly. So just trying to work out what the actual business model is and then, and then doubling down on that. Where does, where does um, I don't need to talk about numbers or anything, but where does most of your business come from? Is it the speaking? Is it the, is it the, the sponsorship? Is it the ad revenue? We don't do much. We don't do anything with ad revenue um, because it's just such a low fee now. It was maybe great 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, influencer marketing projects, sponsorship is good. Um, speaking is another. Mm-hmm. Um, helping people do, we do some affiliate promotions of, of content and courses that we believe are valuable to our mm-hmm. audience that need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> we have a, a blogging course which we, which we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's multiple revenue streams um, and uh, we're in the middle of, I suppose, gently pivoting into the next phase of the business model and we're sort of doubling down on that and working out how that works and we're in the middle of meetings and so on. But it's, it's really fascinating to actually look at how the business models have evolved um, over the last decade and they continue to evolve. So who would have thought influencer marketing would be a thing yeah. um, you know, six, seven years ago? It, mm. um, so it's it's... It's fascinating, and um, and when you when you say influencer marketing, you're talking as the influencer, right? You're you're doing a lot of marketing yeah. on behalf of other people to your audience. Yeah, and they want to reach my audience, so that yeah. means that if they want, to, so we work out on different, I suppose, sponsorship models, sponsored mm-hmm. content models to actually reach my audience and add value. It's all about adding value. Yep. So that's um, one part of it, and then the other one is some campaigns. Um, so. That's interesting from, um, and, you know, Content Marketing Institute, Social Media Examiner have different sort of models of that as well, which are pretty cool. Um, So I don't really, I don't, I don't provide any consulting services because the reality, the reason I don't do that is it doesn't scale easily. doesn't scale. That was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you don't do any consulting. I didn't think you did. Do you run any live events at all? Um, we've done a couple, but we, that's something we'll do later as we build out a new, uh, evolution of the business model. So mm-hmm. we will do some more of that, um, as certainly in the long-term plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, typically I'll speak at conferences and that's, uh, yep. part of, I suppose that, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of that pivot. So the exact, uh, business model that will produce, um, I've got a pretty well an 80% idea of how that's going to work, but it's going to be how what works and what doesn't that will determine sure. how it works out. And uh, what does your team look like these days? Um, we've got a marketing person. We've got an automation specialist or two. We've got uh, a copywriter. We've got... Um, 
an editor. Um, we've got writers. So, you know, it, it's a diverse and virtual team, essentially. So it gives me the flexibility to work from anywhere, which I quite like. I um, speak a lot of places around the world. and The business is still going to keep running. So, um, yeah. And so I, I suppose I'm in the middle of actually becoming better at being an entrepreneur, which is um, uh-huh. uh, the passion project that escaped the lab needs to grow up more as from a serious business point of view. And we're in the middle of all that, which is actually quite fun. So, and I'm just sharing my learnings along the way, yeah. which, is, which is cool. And learning, learning out loud, so to speak. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. I've always yeah. just been learning out loud. Um, that's great. I, I tell people I'm actually, um, I, I'm just sharing one step ahead of you, what I'm learning. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not an academic. I'm a practitioner. Yeah. And, I, I, and that's where truth lies, actually, as you know, in uh, sharing what you're doing and what works. That is that provides real, real truth and honesty. And um, people want to learn from people who are doing, not from people that are just talking about it. That's right, 100%. A um, couple of quick questions before we wrap up. What's the best converting lead magnet that you've ever produced? Um, I have a pretty cool one, which I created a couple of years ago. We might change it up a little bit. We're, um, it's the 101 plus traffic tips to grow your website traffic without paying Google or Facebook a cent. I love it. You know, this is gold. Look at the headline, how to achieve massive benefit without enormous headache. It's yeah. fantastic. Or without paying for it. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's great. And so essentially I just wrote down all the things that I learned along the way, which I used to generate traffic and um, it's in an ebook and it's, it's not insubstantial. It's 55 pages. It's 12,000 yeah. words. So, yeah. um, and that came from, a, I wrote a blog post, which was a smaller version of that. And I used that as the inspiration to create the ebook, which um, then you, you worked out what works, right? And then you go and just yeah. make a better version of it. Yeah. Is that still on your website somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. It's on a pop-up. So um, cool. I'll hang around long enough. It'll pop up. Yeah. <laughs> um, final question is who do you learn from? Who are your mentors and your coaches or who, who, who do you look to for inspiration and trends and, I learn from, I suppose, peers um, and other blog posts. I don't have a direct mentor. I, I have really, I have really struggled trying to find someone that actually can mentor because I'm in, I'm in such a space that um, there's not many that will say, well, this is what you exactly need to do. So mm. you might need a mentor on the business side, which mm. um, I have. Uh, but I learned from the likes of Copy Blogger, Social Media Examiner, Content Marketing Institute. I learned from Darren Rouse on you know, Pro Blogger. Um, I learned from watching how the big uh, viral news sites run, such as BuzzFeed, I look at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I innovate from outside my space as well. I look at lead pages. Um, so the space I'm playing is just so diverse. It used to be, it was much simpler eight or nine years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I am an avid reader. Uh, I will read, you know, a book a week, um, sometimes more. Uh, I'll learn from blog posts. So I find inspiration in learning and mentoring, I suppose more virtual mentoring than anything else. So yep. um, that's, that's the inspiration comes from many sources. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Jeff Bullis, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and I know there is tons of gold in here for our audience. So I do want to thank you very much for spending some time with us. Where can people reach out and say thanks? 
Um, there's a contact form at jeffbullis.com if you want to re- say hi. Um, you could uh, try and reach me on Twitter, but it's a little bit noisy, so I might, <laughs> I, I might miss you. Um, you, can, you can contact me on LinkedIn um, or you can just stalk me. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, but I'm not going to reveal my address. Uh, I was trying to find a postal address on your website. I was going to send you a handwritten card. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Old school. Okay. Good on you. Awesome. Thank you very much for spending some time with us and I uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Okay. Great to catch up and uh, have a great day. Thank you.